Hugging, welcome to the Death Metal. Fucking glad to have you aboard. The Lord is your sword. I hope you didn't get aborted. Mm-mm. Listen to this in heaven. This is going to be the week after Halloween that this is coming out here, so that gives you plenty of time to wrangle up your tickets for November 12th. Live pro wrestling with Death Metal Band Cadavers from Indiana, I think. They're from Indiana. Or maybe Ohio. They're from Indiana. Indiana. Playing right after. Going to be sick. Woo! Gonna be the most fun you could possibly have in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes, buddy. Fun wrestling, hardcore matches, blood, guts spraying everywhere. Yeah, beer, beer spraying everywhere. Loud music, loud wrestling. Hot, cheesy, greasy pizza on your face. Beautiful women. Yeah, big cans, huge cans flopping all over the place. They'll be out. Everything you thought about when you watch like ECW is coming to life. Yeah. This is PCW. Did we do the intro? Yeah, we just did it. We did the voice? Yeah. Okay. I forgot already. The voice? The death metal thing? Yeah, we did it. I forgot. We just did it. I'm just so... I, my brain is not working right now because your pee smells so bad. My pee is pretty Your nice. pee smells yeah. unnatural, unhealthy. Yeah. And the worst part about me having to pee so much is I keep having to follow you into the bathroom and it yeah. fucking reeks. Yeah, it's just pee, man. It's terror. Yeah. Speaking of terrorism, we chose terrorism as a topic today. What started off as a searching karate crimes. Found out about a guy that goes by the name of Bitter Karate. He's an Indian fella. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about the exodus of Kashmiri Hindus. Now, you're probably familiar with Kashmir the same way I am because Puff Daddy covered that Led Zeppelin song yeah. for Godzilla 2000. Uh-huh. And then you liked the guitar part of that and you found out about Led Zeppelin's Kashmir. Which is not near as good. Correct. Speaking of Puff Daddy, you'll never hear us talk about celebrities, popular culture very much on this podcast. Because you know what? We don't fucking pay attention. But I'll tell you what celebrity has really got my ears perked up lately. Kanye West. Buddy boy. He is really on one. Yeah, he's going. He has decided to come out against the Jews. Mm. And uh, it's mostly been hilarious. Yeah. Because, uh, you know... We know. <laughs> but no, it's just a crazy stance to take, like the way... What if he dies? I don't know. Soon? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. He was saying... So I listened to Kanye on the Lex Friedman podcast. Wait a minute. What's that one comedian that's banging his ex-wife now? Pete Davidson. Is he a Jew? He's got to be, right? You'd think. He's Maybe that's why he's losing it, dude. That could be why. Maybe that's what triggered it. Well, he okay, so here's the deal. I listened to Kanye and the Lex Friedman podcast. I have never listened to the Lex Friedman podcast before. He's very dull. Yeah. I'm sure he's a good podcaster, but he always, from what I understand, talks about like science and shit. And he's like pretty dry. He's a Russian guy. Good grappler. Seems like a cool dude. Smart guy. Rich guy. He does robotics. Yeah. Uh, So that's kind of what they were supposed to be. Come on, dude. Just no fingernails for like an hour. I can't take the noise. But he's like pretty dry, so I never really got into Lex Friedman or his podcast or anything like that. But what happened is Kanye West did 
an episode of Drink Champs, which is a great podcast. That's the exact opposite of that, where they do noisemakers and air horns, and they make everybody drink, so everyone gets hammered and talks about rap. Yeah. Uh, that I really wanted to listen to, but Puff Daddy owns the media group that has that, and they pulled it from everything. Yeah. So you can't listen to it. So just Kanye on Rogan was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye, super Christian, respect. Mm-hmm. And when he was on Rogan, he was going on and on about like essentially socialism. Like he wants to, which I got. I mean, the way that he, if you let Kanye run the country, it'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, well, no, because all he wants to do is essentially have the barter system, yeah. like actual real anarchy based upon human interest yeah, so it's yeah. like you, you live in a community you take care of your community uh he gives you the tools to do it with or like whatever the government it's not a government per se but like you are essentially you break everything down into a community and you're provided with enough food to live on and also the resources with the, you can start farming start your own education sure just have your own community and, and do away with currency which is what needs to happen yeah Anyway, so I got no qualms with what he was talking about for how the world should run. But he really is on some, like, I want to change the world shit. He bought Parler, which I've never used before. I know about HN, but I guess Parler is like a thing where they got tired of there not being fully transparent open source speech on Twitter and other social media sites. So they started Parler, and I think people were getting on Parler and saying it way too much. Yeah, I think it got shut down for a while, and now Kanye bought it. Uh, just goes by yay now, so I'll address him as he likes Want to listen to Drink Champs one because supposedly what he's doing, I guess he's kind of on like Black Israelite shit. Yeah, but he's a Christian, so he's not fully on board with that. Mm-hmm. But he does believe that he's saying that everyone's Jews because everyone's from Africa, so everyone's the same. And he has kind of that, but also he's a Christian. I don't know. It's a yeah. weird setup. Uh, but he's saying that he's a Jew because he believes in Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. which makes him a Jew. Yeah. And that's why you can say that if you want to. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But he's recently blamed the Jews for his. I mean, he he hasn't really had a downfall, but he has lost a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of contracts, a lot of deals, a lot of music. Lost and he go, kind of goes back to yeah, lost his old lady. It kind of goes back to like a lot of shit that he's dealt with as a musician, and he gives specific examples of Jews that own record companies. And what they do to make their money. And that all is very shady sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mess. And so when people are like, well, not all Jewish people are like this. He's like, well, literally everyone I've ever experienced is. <laughs> so it's hard it, to say. He's like, there's a guy years ago who's a conspiracy guy. I don't remember his name. And he's a Jewish guy. But he came out and said that there's a difference between Judaism, like the actual religion. And yeah. Zionist Jews, yeah, which is kind of the ones that everybody thinks controls banks and and uh, controls the media and does all that stuff. Do you think he's talking about maybe that? Maybe. I mean, a real fact, a real historical fact, is that Nazi Germany used propaganda to say that Jewish people control the media; mm-hmm. they control the banks. Yeah, that's where. That comes from, and it's older than that. Remember, Hitler saw a basically a French satirical cartoon that was made into a book in prison. Yeah, 
it was satire. It yeah. was a bit. He hook, line, and sinker went for it. And there was more people that had that actual belief that I think kind of came from an older belief and that just got kind of washed, moved around, telephoned through generations, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, probably more of a coincidence that all the people that own the record companies that have done bad things to Kanye and all the artists he knows are Jewish. Uh, I think that Jewish people do have a lot to do with the entertainment industry and finances, but I don't think it's like a nefarious cabal, maybe. Yeah. I, I you know, when it's funny, sure, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It can be very hilarious because it's a stereotype. Stereotypes are funny. Yes. That's the problem with stereotypes. Now, on the Lex Friedman podcast, Lex brings these things up to Kanye, and he tells Kanye, like, I, I mean, I'm Jewish, and what you're doing is you're you're enforcing a stereotype. And Kanye says that stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, mm-hmm. which goes always like white people can't dance. Yeah. A lot of the time, that's pretty true. Yeah. Uh, Except for us. Oh, we can dance. We can dance. We can dance. We do it all the time. Anytime. Pretty much every day, all day. With a lot of practice. Yeah. You've probably seen our moves on the internet before. Yeah. They only get better with time. Oh, yeah. Kanye is also still really sad about Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Uh, He thinks that she left him because the liberals got her. Yeah. And poisoned her mind. Yeah. He's not a liberal. So, it's a really entertaining story. It's really... I, I've never understood how I'm people... I'm telling you, Pete Davidson is Jewish. I wouldn't... I would took his old lady from him. And they're and taking everything else now. Sent him down the It spiral. has to be the thing, man. Yeah. He doesn't want his kids around that shit. Oh, he said that... Uh, <laughs> He went to Sunday Mm -hmm. service, which is his church. He has a church, but it's a Christian church. It's not like the Church of Yay. Yeah. Uh, They got a choir. It looks pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Sunday service looks fun. And his kids aren't there, so he texts his wife and asks where his kids are. He said Pete Davidson started texting him, saying like, hey, I'm in bed with your wife right now. Yeah. And he felt like that was Jews trying to get him to go to the hotel and cause a scene or do something that would get him arrested. Yeah. So he just had to ignore it and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a crazy thing to see at this day and age. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's crazy because it's not a white dude saying it. That's what I think. That's why I think it's so crazy to see, a black dude going off about all this shit because it's been predominantly well, that's that's white supremacy. I saw somebody today was like, "Oh, he's a white supremacist now." Someone said that about yeah, Kanye. and I was like, "What? Like he's black?" Yeah, crazy. There's, there's and a lot of his gripe is the way the black people were treated. I mean, he says that they're currently still in the Holocaust because of abortion and that Planned Parenthood essentially tricks black women into getting abortions and they just yeah. put pressure on economic impacted communities where black people are at and try to make them get as many abortions as possible. Uh, That might be true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just think a lot of it's shocking to some people. I don't really know where to throw it in at, but, but this might be the, the turn of events where we're going to see this whole other thing where there's going to be a shift in culture where people are going to be like, this might be where the race war starts. You think there's going to be a black Hitler is what you're saying? Yeah. Blitler. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. So all the liberals are they they're all like so wild right now with everything and like just, you know, making shit up. There was a fucking hilarious video I saw the other day where this guy's filming a video in an airport and this white girl comes up to him and she's like, Can you not film me? He's like, Oh no, she identifies as a camera and she's like, You identify as a camera? She's like, Yeah, and then she just walks off. It's like, Okay. So maybe there's like Support. those type of people are just going to be so ridiculous that whenever there's a black Hitler, they're going to be. That's the race war, dude. It's super. They'll probably liber- fall in line with black Hitler. No, man, they can't. They can't. Hitler, he won't. He won't let that happen. No, because he hates them, man. Because they're all Jews. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy fucking time, dude. Yeah, and, dude. It's uh, only like the thing is, this is only going over here, dude. Yeah, like, that, that's what's crazy, man. It's just a weird thing to be into uh i never thought in this day and age that somebody would start trying to take jews down i mean we've been there we've it's happened before yeah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. and with the, on the same propaganda is that what happened before because hitler was straight up like all right listen uh we tried to dominate in world war one Things are shitty for us now. We don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have control of our money because these people are keeping it away from us. You can't believe anything you see on the TV, which we made, or in the print media, because these people are in charge of it. So everything you hear that is going on in the world between us and the world is skewed because they don't like us and they hate our country and they're trying to infiltrate our country and take it over for themselves. That's why there's so many of them here. Mm-hmm. And people believed it. And it caused a big problem. It's been causing a problem. It gets brought up a lot for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> this and is that's a, another thing that Kanye says that was yeah. crazy. Is He says, you look at movies and you talk about the Holocaust... There's been so many movies and shows and books, and they just go on and on and on about it. And he's like, there's been a lot of books about slavery, too, and slavery sucked. But look at the current thing that's happening to us. How many people are talking about how they are systematically killing black people through abortions? Yeah. He's really got, he has some points. And he did talk about that on Rogan, too, which I think was like over a year ago. Yeah. And I get being anti-abortion. I really, I truly understand that viewpoint. Yeah. And I think I, I can't remember if they, I think on the podcast that's going to come out for Halloween, like, I don't, I'm not thrilled about the idea. I don't fucking, first of all, I don't care. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It doesn't affect me personally. Like my wife has her tubes tied. She can't get pregnant. So I, I'm never going to be in the spot where I'm like, gotta abort it. Yeah. Uh, also, she's Polish too, man. So that's like kind of Jewish. No, so. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? I mean, they ruined Poland too. Yeah. Who did? Okay, let me ask you this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, over the course of history, are the number one comedy writers and comedy film producers? This is Jews. Now, historically. What is a culture that gets made fun of for being dumb? Polish people. Now, who do you think started making funny jokes about Polish people? Oh, the Jews. Okay. 
because they're in control, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is like some Kanye logic. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the way yeah, he's yeah. putting pieces together. Uh, and he's really going off about George Soros. And he's got some George Soros facts. He's just like, the, here's what he does to influence black people to vote liberal. And he says the N-word with a hard R. He's yeah. like, this is how he thinks that Boops. are supposed to vote. Yeah. And here's how he makes them do it. It's really something. Again, it's just not... You know, in the 1990s, there was stuff like this all the time. Yeah. But in today's day and age, and you see what's happening to him. I mean, he's lost a lot of shit, but at the same time, he's still making a lot of shit. So, like. But what is all this is just a ploy because there really is. There really is people controlling things. Yeah. But it, it's not. A, it may not be a certain group of people. It just is probably just like rich people or. It's rich people. It's who are just money. like, it's, man, it's going to be cool to watch everybody fight and not get you, along and realize you, we're yeah. all fucking them. Exactly. You know? When you Occam's Razor it, like well, I always have, they, like there's a lot of conspiracies going on because all a conspiracy is is uh, a plot mm. to do something. Anything. It doesn't even have to be nefarious, but it's all about money. Yeah. You control people, you make more money. And I, I got a feeling Kanye's whole thing is really just like now, seeing as he just bought Parlor. Like, dude, what better way to have a social media site where what you're pushing is completely free speech? It doesn't matter what you say. Mm -hmm. If you hate black people and you want to go somewhere and let your views fly, okay. Then you just be a troll. And then you got people that agree with that. All the things that he's saying, they're like, well, I guess I'm going to parlor now. And yeah, so it's, it's, just, it's a yeah. selling point, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. so they could just, I don't know. Or the guy's legitimate. He's not, he, he's smart, man. Kanye is smart. Yeah, yeah. He's smart. He's not dumb. I don't think he's near as crazy as people think he is. The way that he got, he was blaming Jews for being diagnosed with bipolar. He says that uh, he went to the hospital for the first time since he got in a car wreck because he had exhaustion. He was on tour. He tried to say... Look, man, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I can't do this anymore. I need to leave. And he says, this is Kanye. This is Ye talking. My Jewish manager said, no, you got to make more money. His Jewish boss said, tell him to do whatever it takes to keep him out making money. So I do. And I end up in a hospital from exhaustion. He's like, I'm doing, I'm going at it every day, traveling every day, drinking, partying every day. And I just had exhaustion. They put me in a hospital. Well, when they put me in the hospital, I had a Jewish doctor. The Jewish doctor diagnosed me bipolar. I haven't even been back to a hospital since then. And that Jewish doctor leaked it to the Jewish media that I had bipolar. And that's when all the shit started. Damn. Well. You would have just used this whole podcast on Kanye. No, because we got something kind of relevant to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We could, but here's what here's what I'm proposing when we talk fully about Kanye. Yeah. And I haven't watched it, but uh, he started catching heat because he was doing a thing with Candace Owens. And what he's doing a thing with Candace Owens about is George Floyd. Now, I haven't watched it, so I need to watch it. So if I'm saying something out of turn about this, and I don't even know really who Candace Owens is. I know who she is. I don't know who she's about, so if you're one of also, our... Also, nor do we care about... I don't care. Also, listen, if you're one of our <laughs> liberal fans, the, I, you, you have plenty more for us to be mad about. This is yeah, essentially yeah. just another bit because I'm watching something that's crazy. Yeah. And I'm commentating on it because it's crazy. And now, we, we're funny guys who make jokes about 
we make racial jokes, not racist. It's just like it's, we point out stereotypes, and sometimes it's funny. Yeah, doesn't matter who it's against, and a lot of people will hate that this day and age, and that's a lot of people are growing out of it. Because, like, dude, all the best, and I'm not one of the best comedians. We're not one of the best comedians, but all the best ones, that's what they've always done. Yeah. Carlin pointed out, like, here's what these people do. Here's why it's funny. Over-exaggerated to make it funny. We're not even doing that. On the point, I'm th- Again, I'm just letting you know, and I'm not saying anything about Candace Owens because I don't know enough and I don't care enough. But the th- she made a documentary, and I think she works for whatever the news thing that Ben Shapiro owns. I think. I don't know. Uh... The documentary is about George Floyd, what happened. This is what I've heard is what it's about, is that instead of him dying from a guy literally kneeling on the back of his head with his face in the ground for nine minutes, the video that you can watch, that I've watched, where you can kind of watch him die, that's not what he died from. What he really died from is there was a plant that injected him with fentanyl, and they intentionally killed him on fentanyl to spark off these riots right after COVID to keep tension high and make a giant division in the country. Yeah. Which if that's true, it worked. Yeah. Don't know. hit and watch yet. We don't know. Him no. And you know, I mean, another just... thing, uh, Kanye is really mad about black lives matter. Um, he, he was, he lost Adidas today, but yesterday on Lex Freeman, he was saying that he didn't lose Adidas for not wearing Black Lives Matter shit, but he would have lost Nike if he would have been there. And he lost the Gap and he lost other stuff because he wouldn't support Black Lives Matter. But at the same time, the Black Lives Matter, it's, I mean, pretty recent news that they're shady as fuck. Like the lady did like severe tax fraud with the donated like she took the donated money oh there's like billions of dollars that are unaccounted for unaccounted for and like the main lady like bought a huge mansion and sold it and bought another one and like yeah moved the money around in some very nefarious ways and i don't care about that yeah. it's like you start a charity uh nonprofit out of nowhere and you just have all this money coming in so like it i think anybody would buy some shit with it i think yeah. anyone would well it's also just like yeah, it's the same thing as politics. You know, well, people will support one politician who does all the exact same shit, but then they'll go, well, look at all the good stuff they did. Yeah. And they'll only look at that, and it's like, well, they did that because they want to look good. They're not, they're bad people. Yeah. They got to throw you off the trail, man. Yeah. Like, that's all this is. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody's race or anything like no. that. It just has to do or with their beliefs. making money, man. Yes. Agree. You know? Uh, but yeah, that's the basis of that. So what I would think we need to do is watch the documentary. Yeah. And then we could definitely do an episode on that because we haven't done anything on George Floyd that, because yeah. it's touchy waters to get into. Yeah. But I can tell you this up Because we're both like people that do not like cops. So No, but I can... And I can also tell you this up front is like... If he was high on fentanyl or something, that... You know, an opiate... If he was having a hard time breathing because he was being squished... Yeah. Which what that I mean, what happened to him would could definitely kill you. If I put you face down on the ground and I put my knee on top of where your lungs are and the back of your neck and just stayed there, at some point you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a you know, your heart rate's gonna be elevated because you're panicking. You're gonna die. I mean it might take a day, but you're gonna die. Yeah. And if you're on fentanyl Your lungs are going they're constricted more. Exactly. So, yeah. you're, you're not getting oxygen in the way you're supposed to. So, you mean, the thing is, 
is whether they injected him or not. He died from that. You can watch it happen. Yeah. I mean, it, unless it's like a deep fake situation. Yeah. And I don't. That might be her point. I don't know. I have to watch it. That's why. That's when we can really let loose about this whole thing. It's because I'm interested to know, and that is, there's a lot of conspiracy involved in the George Floyd thing, from Black Lives Matter to. That dude who was in all black fatigues with the black umbrella that just yeah. happened to be at the auto zone when it blew up. And they're all the black people who were protesting around were like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. Did you just do that? Because we didn't do that. Yeah. Did you just do that to start? Like there was uh, f- quite a few on camera instances of agent provocateurs being involved. Unloading truckloads of bricks to throw. Yeah. You know, it's like that is crazy. That's man. crazy. Just dropping off tons of bricks for people to use to then, loot. Nobody talks about it. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, know, a little bit what... they did when it happened, but it definitely has phased away. Whereas, like, that should be something that's still being talked about. Like, where did this come from? Why did this happen? But, you know, it's some CIA shit. And th- there's a lot that went into that that I think we can have a great episode on, but that's for another time because yeah. I'd like to watch that documentary first. Now, how does this tie in with that? Is that this is a pretty recent ethnic cleansing yeah, uh, that happened in 1990 that I didn't even hear about. The reason we found out about it is because, again, we Googled karate crime. Mm-hmm. Then a guy goes by a bit of karate who mm-hmm. did some crime, and it turns out the crime wasn't just like robberies or murders. I mean, there was murders, but it was a racial cleansing, an ethnic cleansing. With karate. I wish. Is it not? You could almost forgive that. Well, he goes yeah. by a bit of karate, but yeah, he didn't yeah. do karate. Yeah. God, that'd be so sick if he... I mean, it's not cool killing off a whole <laughs> people, but it would be sick if he was fucking doing katas on people. Yeah, like the karate them. holocaust. Like, yeah. you would still be very mad at Hitler for doing what he did, but it would definitely lessen the sting if instead of gas chambers, they had karate chambers. Which is pretty much the purpose of the Kung Fury, dude. Sure. Yeah, like, I mean, what sounds worse? Karate chamber or gas chamber? Because what sucks about a gas chamber is you're taking people, you're keeping them in a camp, you're starving them out. They have no will or power to fight. Mm-hmm. So you're ju- you're being a piece of shit. Yeah, you're yeah. just not giving them a chance. You're herding them up. You're putting them in a room. You're telling them they're about to take a shower and you're gassing them. They didn't see it coming. They had no way to defend themselves. But if you had a karate chamber... And you gave them the opportunity to defend themselves and you use karate. They didn't have karate. It's kind of similar because you're a lot more powerful than they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least they had a fighting chance. Everyone could catch you. Yeah. Even if you're the greatest karate master, you still might get knocked out. No. You're probably right. No. So we're talking about the exodus of Kashmiri Hindus or pandits. This happened in the early 1990 migration or flight from the Muslim-majority Kashmir Valley in the Indian-administered Kashmir following rising violence in an insurgency. So basically, uh, the Muslims were rising up and the Hindus were in trouble because that's a clash of ideals. Uh, Muslims notoriously violent for being hardline and enforcing their religious beliefs on anyone around them who opposes that. Mm-hmm. Now, Hindus are a peaceful people. They're not known for uh, religious violence. Like, yeah. you tell them they're wrong, they're not trying to shoot you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They believe in karma. If they did that, they would be reincarnated as something shittier that's not really in the prescription. Yeah. I mean, they think cows are sacred. They don't eat meat. True. They're a peaceful people. So, 
it wasn't like a force meets force situation. It was more like a get the fuck out situation. So of a total pandit population, again, the pandits are the, the Hindus, uh, 120,000 to 140,000 total. Some 90 to 100,000 left the valley or were compelled to leave. And then 30 to 80,000 were killed. Damn. During this period of substantial migration, the insurgency was being led by a group calling for a secular and independent Kashmir. But there were also growing Islamist factions, which is what I was talking about, that were envisioning making Kashmir an Islamic state. Although their numbers of dead and injured were low. Oh, so I take that back. When it said 30 to 80, I thought it was 1,000. It's just 30 to 80, which oh, okay. is... A lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, God damn, that's a lot of people, man. Yeah, they've got it worded crazy on here. So basically, out of one hundred and forty thousand ish people, about a hundred and about a hundred thousand left, and then of the people that were migrating, thirty to eighty of them were killed, which makes it even crazier because Bitter Karate himself said that he killed forty two of them. So one guy is essentially responsible for half. Yeah. Of the killing that happened. So although their numbers of dead and injured were low, the pandits who believed that Kashmir's culture was tied to India's experienced fear and panic set off by targeted killings of some high-profile officials among their ranks and public calls for independence among the insurgents. The accompanying rumors and uncertainty, together with the absence of guarantees for their safety by India's federal government, might have been the latent causes of the exodus. The descriptions of the violence as genocide or ethnic cleansing in some Hindu nationalist publications or among suspicions voiced by some exiled pandits are widely considered inaccurate, aggressive, or propaganda by scholars. So, we kind of contributed to that, unfortunately. The Kashmir Valley, which is part of the larger Kashmir region, that has been the subject of a dispute between India and Pakistan from 1947 has been administered by India from approximately the same time before 1947, the period of the British Raj in India when Jammu and Kashmir was a princely state, meaning under English control. Kashmiri Pandits or Kashmiri Hindus had stability constituted had stably constituted between 4 and 6% of the population of the Kashmir Valley in censuses from 1989 to 1941. The remaining 94 to 95% of the population was Kashmiri Muslim. By 1950, a large number of pandits whose elite owned over 30% of the arable land in the valley. Now, I can see where they'd be pissed off if that 5% of the population owned 30% of the land. That's, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. that's obviously what the conflict is. They moved to other parts of India in the face of land reforms planned by the incoming administration of Sheikh Abdullah. The threat of socio-economic decline and the unsettled nature of Kashmiri's accession to India. In 1989, persisting insurgency began in Kashmir. It was fed by Kashmiri dissatisfaction with India's federal government over rigging an assembly election in 1987 and disavowing a promise of greater autonomy. The dissatisfaction overflowed into an ill-defined uprising against the Indian state, which all that checks out. Yeah. Like, if India is basically telling you, like, hey, we understand. It's like uh, China and Taiwan, in a way. 
Yeah. I mean, not as shitty as China saying, like, there is no Taiwan. They're not saying there is no Kashmir, but India essentially was supposed to give Kashmir its independence and let them be an autonomous state. But they went back on their word after stepping in to, quote unquote, help out. It's a classic example of a government overstepping. After they made a promise, they didn't follow through with it. Yeah. And you only let them in based on the promise. So the fact that you let them in, now you're getting screwed because I'm sure people told them not to trust them and they did. So that's going to cause a fucking insurgency. And they had an, an election, which gives you the idea of autonomy, but India just planted somebody and made them win. So really you're dealing with a dictatorship when you're yeah. supposed to be dealing with democracy. Uh, and again, it overflowed into an ill-defined uprising against the Indian state. The Jammu and Kashmir Liberation Front is an organization that had generally secular antecedents and predominant the predominant goal of political independence. They led the uprising, but did not abjure violence. In early 1990, the vast majority of Kashmiri Hindus fled the valley in a mass migration. More of them left in the following years, so much so that by 2011, only around 3,000 families remained. 30 or 32 Kashmiri pandits had been killed by insurgents by mid-March of 1990 when the exodus was largely complete, according to some scholars. And 80 pandits were killed by mid-year 1990, according to a journalist. Indian Home Ministry data record records 217 Hindu civilian fatalities during the four-year period of 1988 to 1991. So the reasons for their mass migration are vigorously contested. I love to vigorously contest things. Yeah, anytime you vigorously contest, you're a Kanye, man. In 1989 and 1990, as calls by Kashmiri Muslim for independence. See, I like this because I didn't really know 100% what this was going into it. Mm -hmm. And I thought we were dealing with a full-scale genocide, and it turns out perhaps not. So it's the same thing with Kanye West. Like, was it really 6 million or was it less than that? And you got to (laughs) just keep cranking it up to make us feel bad. I get, dude, I was waiting for him to say that. I can't believe he didn't say that. He's going to. I know he will. And that is why I'm paying attention. Because <laughs> I know he's going <laughs> to lose their fucking he's gonna mind. He's going to say it didn't happen or it was be like, yeah, it was like 100,000 at most. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's Where's a, the tea? The classic yeah. arguments, man, it's coming for sure. <laughs> As calls for by Kashmiri Muslims for independence from India gathered pace. Many Kashmiri pandits who viewed self-determination to be anti-national, which, I mean, to be fair, uh, India was a Hindu nation. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the deal. But, I mean, a lot of nations have been through, like, hey, this is our religion. Even us, we're one nation under God. It's not like they force beliefs on anybody, but it's like, this is kind of what our country's based on. So, mm-hmm. you know, it does would suck if you're hindu because again being a hindu is chill dude yeah and it's like the chinese used to be buddhist but now it's like a capitalist economy it's just like these are chill religions that you know you've never heard of hindus trying to go after people for not being hindu that's kind of the antithesis of the yeah scenario uh but they and that's why they viewed self-determination to be anti-national 
and they felt pressured to get out of there. Okay, it sounds like they've got money and the resources to leave. The Kashmir Valley is a beautiful fucking place. I mean, that's why there's so many songs and shit about it, because it's like as nice as it gets. Yeah. The killings in the 1990s of a number of Pandit officials may have shaken the community's sense of security, although it is thought some Pandits, by virtue of their evidence given later in Indian courts, may have acted as agents of the Indian state. So a little conspiracy tied in there because yeah. they don't want Some provocateurs, eh? the Muslims to have an independent state. The Pandits killed and targeted assassinations by the Jammu and Kashmir Liberation Front included some high-profile ones. Occasional anti-Hindu calls were made from mosques on loudspeakers asking Pandits to leave the valley. Which I wonder, I I had kind of always wondered if like, you know, they're doing those uh, prayers loud as fuck early in the morning, you know? Yeah. I kind of always wondered if that was like, uh, if they ever chanted like shitty things to people in those. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild. I don't know. I guess, I mean, they probably do. I mean, that, that religion is like super fucking like. Hostile. Yeah, I mean, they, they believe it wholeheartedly and they're going to do whatever and they really think they're going to get to pound a bunch of virgins, so. Yeah, and a lot of people look at that as like, uh, I mean, sometimes like an anti-Islamic or racist stereotype, but I, I it's probably not fair to say a lot, but there is definitely some Islamic extremists Yeah, that are like fully tied in on forcing... their beliefs on the world yeah, through violence if needed. So the occasional anti-Hindu calls were made from Muslims, which is kind of funny. Like you have like your morning prayer where it was like, oh, la, 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 loud as fuck. And then they're just like, excuse me, excuse me. If you worship the cow, leave now. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to buy something or are you going to leave? Screw you, Hindu. news of threatening letters created fear though in later interviews the letters were seen to have been sparingly received there were disparities between the accounts of the two communities the muslims and the pandits many kashmiri pandits believed that they were forced out of the valley either by pakistani and the militants it supported or kashmiri muslims as a group so Pakistan was on the side of the Muslim militants because they're, you know, a Muslim country and that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Many Kashmiri Muslims did not support violence against religious minorities. The departure of Kashmiri pandits offered an excuse for casting Kashmiri Muslims as Islamic radicals, kind of what we just talked about, thereby contaminating their more genuine political grievances and offering a rationale for their surveillance and violent treatment by the Indian state. God damn, dude. So what a fucking twist. Yeah. Many Muslims in the Valley believe that the governor, Jagmohan, had encouraged the pandits to leave so as to have a free hand in more thoroughly pursuing reprisals against Muslims. Several scholarly views chalk the migration to genuine panic among the pandits that stemmed 
as much from the religious vehemence among some of the insurgents as by the absence of guarantees for the painted safety issued by the governor, which that makes sense. You know, if you're, if you feel like, and it may not be true, but you know, if you hear people talking shit and some of your community has already been killed and they're like prominent members and even just a few letters went out to people that said, Hey, fucking Hindi, you stink. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Packies are taking over or whatever the case may be. And you reach out to the government like, Hey, you're going to back us up and they don't say anything. You're going to freak. Yeah. 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 Kashmiri pandits initially moved to the Jammu division, the southern half of Jammu and Kashmir, where they lived in refugee camps, sometimes in unkempt and unclean surroundings. At the time of their exodus, very few pandits expected their exile to last beyond a few months. As the exile lasted longer, many displaced pandits who were in the urban elite were able to find jobs in other parts of India. But those in the lower middle class, especially those from rural areas, languished longer in refugee camps, with some living in poverty. This generated tensions with the host communities, whose social and religious practices, although Hindu, differed from those of the Brahmin pandits, so they literally worship the cow, and rendered assimilation more difficult. Many displaced pandits in the camps succumbed to emotional depression and a sense of helplessness. The cause of the Kashmiri pandits was quickly championed by right-wing Hindu groups in India, which also preyed on their insecurities and further alienated them from Kashmiri Muslims. Some displaced Kashmiri pandits have formed an organization called Panoon Kashmir, or Our Own Kashmir, which has asked for separate homeland for Kashmiri Hindus in the valley, but has opposed autonomy for Kashmir on the grounds that it would promote the formation of an Islamic state. The return to the homeland in Kashmir also constitutes one of the main points of ruling Bahridi Jenny's party's election platform. Kashmiri pandits in exile have written autobiographical memoirs, novels, and poetry to record their experiences and to understand them. The 19th of January is observed by the Kashmiri Hindu communities as Exodus Day. Militancy in Kashmir increased after the Exodus, and militants targeted properties of Kashmiri Hindus. Indian Home Ministry data records 1,406 Hindu civilian fatalities from 1991 to 2005. Jammu and Kashmir government stated that 219 members of the Hindu Pandit community had been killed between 1989 and 2004 and none thereafter. The Panoon Kashmiri organization has published a list of about 1,341 Hindus killed since 1990, so a pretty big dis discrepancy in the number between the two. The local organization of Hindus in Kashmir, Kashmiri Pandit Sangarsh Samit, after carrying out a survey in 2008 and 2009, said that 399 Kashmiri Hindus were killed by insurgents from 1990 to 2011, with 75% of them being killed during the first year of the Kashmiri insurgency, and that during the last 20 years, about 650 have been killed in the valley. In response to the exodus, an organization, Panoon Kashmir, a political group representing the Hindus who fled Kashmir, was formed in late 1991. The organization adopted the Margadashan Resolution, which stated the need for a separate Union Territory in Kashmir Division, Panoon Kashmir. Panoon Kashmir would serve as a homeland for Kashmiri Hindus and would resettle the displaced Kashmiri Pandits. 
In 2009, an Oregon Legislative Assembly passed a resolution to recognize the 14th of September 2007 as Martyr's Day to acknowledge ethnic cleansing and campaigns of terror inflicted on non-Muslim minorities, Jammu and Kashmir, by militants seeking to establish an Islamic state, which, of course, Oregon would do that. Yeah. That's like the most Portland thing. Like, these people that have probably nothing to do with this whatsoever at all, there might be a few here with restaurants or hotels or whatever, let's just put a holiday down for them and take the day off. Mm Mm-hmm. Kashmiri Hindus continue to fight for their return to the valley, and many of them still live as refugees. The exile community had hoped to return after the situation improved. Can you... Why can you not do that? Just stop. I'm not doing anything. Yes, you're picking your fucking nails. You're it's hitting right the in water my water bottle. So? One is disgusting. <laughs> one is distracting and disgusting. <laughs> driving me insane. The other one is just me resting my arm. I'm trying to help you out with your new metal band. How? By being disgusted? You're being driven and sickening. <laughs> you make me sick, so I go sick. Yeah. Okay. Sickening and driven. <laughs> so again, the exile community was trying to go back, but most have not done so because the situation in the valley still remains unstable and they fear their lives. Most of them lost their properties after the exodus, and many are unable to go back and sell them. Their status as as displaced people has adversely harmed them in the realm of education. Many Hindu families could not afford to send their children to well-regarded public schools. Furthermore, many Hindus faced institutional discrimination by predominantly Muslim state bureaucrats. As a result of the Inadequate ad hoc schools and colleges formed in the refugee camps, it became harder for Hindu children to access education. They suffered in higher education as well, as they could not claim admission in PG colleges of Jammu University while getting admitted in the Institutes of Kashmir Valley was completely out of the question. (coughs) During the 2016 Kashmir unrest following the killing of Buran Wani, transit camps Housing Kashmir Hindus in Kashmir were attacked by mobs. About 200 to 300 Kashmir Hindu employees fled the transit camps during nighttime on the 12th of July due to the attacks and held protests against the government for attacks on their camps and demanded that all Kashmiri Hindu employees in Kashmir Valley be evacuated immediately. Over 1,300 government employees belonging to the community had fled the region during the unrest. Posters threatening the Hindus to leave Kashmir or be killed were also put up near transit camps in Pulama, allegedly by the militant organization lashkar e An organization called Roots of Kashmir filed a petition in 2017 to reopen 215 cases of more than 700 alleged murders of Kashmiri Hindus. However, the Supreme Court of India refused its plea. They have also demanded the creation of a special crimes tribunal to look into the ethnic cleansing and crimes committed. They also demanded a one-time compensation for displaced Kashmiri Hindus who are not able to apply for government jobs. Which, I mean, makes sense. You can't work because you lost everything you had and you can't get back on the wagon somewhere else because the Muslims don't want you to because you're a Hindu. You kind of see the point. Where's the karate? That's just a guy's name. Who who was a militant that killed forty of them himself? Yeah. He well, went to jail for it. Why doesn't he 
using his karate? Yeah. I'm sure he is. I was hoping this was going to be like a Kung Fury situation. You knew it wasn't. That's I never know. happened in the entire I know. World. I didn't even read about and it. if that was just... going to go on anywhere, it would be like Japan. But this is how we got here. We have talked. We watched Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. And then we were talking about, well, fuck, like, what are we going to do? And then I typed in karate crimes. You typed in karate crimes. Yeah. This popped up. This was not what I had in mind for karate crimes. What I had in mind was. This is extremely interesting. It's got uh, supposed ethnic cleansing, mm-hmm. a conspiracy that that was just a plant by the Indian government yep. to make the Muslim state look bad. So the Muslim state couldn't take over Kashmir because mm-hmm. the government could crack down on them because they were persecuting the Hindus that lived there before. Yeah. How is that not interesting? Well, what I'm wanting to happen is an underground sect of some people to come up and rise against the government and kick their fucking ass with karate. Sure. You know. That would always be sick. Underground ancient practices of karate, generation by generation, kata by kata. Did you see that karate? Yeah. And they just fucking... Kick the shit out of them. That would be great. Yeah. Wrapping up, the Indian government has tried to rehabilitate the Hindus and separatists have also invited the Hindus back to Kashmir. So, you know, open invitation, but by the same people that, you know, killed a few of them. As of 2016, a total of 1,800 Kashmiri Hindu youths have returned to the valley since the announcing of RS-1168 CROE package in 2008 by the UPA government. However, R.K. Bhatt, president of Youth All India Kashmiri Samaj, criticized the package to be mere eyewash and claimed that most of the youths were living in cramped prefabricated sheds or in rented accommodation. He also said that 4,000 posts have been lying vacant since 2010 and alleged that the BJP government was repeating the same rhetoric and was not serious about helping them. The apathy on the part of the government and the sufferings of the Kashmiri Hindus have been highlighted by a play titled Kash Kashmir. Such efforts or claims have lacked political will, as journalist Rahul Pandita writes in, in a memoir. In an interview with NDTV on the 19th of January, Farooq Abdullah created controversy when he stated that the Onus was on Kashmiri Hindus to come back themselves, and nobody would beg them to do so. His comments were met with disagreement and criticized by Kashmiri Hindu authors Nehru Kaul, Congress MP Sashi Tahur, and Lieutenant General Saeed Ada Hasnain, who also said that during his tenure as Chief Minister in 1996, he had asked them to return, but they refused to do so. He reiterated his comments on the 23rd of January and said the time has come for them to return. But if you were them, would you want to go back? Hell no. Unless I had fucking had full-blown karate skills that are unmatched, and I had a whole bunch of people to go over there. So you'd be happy if I said... Ass. While they were away in concentration camps, Mm -hmm. what they concentrated on was the art of karate. Yes. They toiled day in and day out because they weren't allowed to go to school. They learned the way of the fist. Yeah. Open hand. They're still going to school. Open foot. Continuous practice. So what ended up happening this year is that the Kashmiri Hindus assembled themselves as the most powerful force of karate fighting that the world has ever seen. They gathered together. Mm -hmm. They stormed in. 
Uh, everyone knows that Islamics do not know how to do karate. Some no. of them do do taekwondo in the Olympics from like Iran, Iraq, but that is yeah. inferior they to open hand fighting. Yeah. No, they don't do Krav Maga. Okay. They hate that. Okay. They're Islamic. Yeah. They don't like Jews. Oh, was that a Jewish martial art? Yeah, man. Mm. Krav Maga, you didn't know that? Uh. Okay. Well, fighting in the streets, uh, obviously the Islamics try to just use what they always use, which is like homemade explosives and firepower and commandeered vehicles. Uh, that turns out no match for karate because when you become a true master, bullets don't harm you. Mm-hmm. So the... Kashmiri Hindus were easily able to reclaim the valley through the All Valley Karate Tournament. Yeah. So they met force by force with some of the best karatekas from the Islamic side mm-hmm. and the best karatekas from the Hindu side. It was a close contest, but in the end, uh, Daniela Lalarusa was able to use his karate to yes. unify the region. And now the Hindus are back and happier than ever. And then at the end of the match, somebody just goes, prestige, lineage, integrity, being noble. Discipline. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> Techniques. Techniques. Yeah. So, you know, uh, minor genocide of, uh, you know, 1,300 people probably. And a lot of back and forth. Interesting conspiracy because you could certainly see where if the government did not want there to be an Islamic state in Kashmir, the Indian government didn't want that. They could easily use the Hindu people as a pawn to say, look how they've been treated. Yeah. So we have to crack down on this insurgency. And you could see where the Islamic extremists could definitely just attack the Hindus. I could see all sides of it. It has nothing yeah. to do with me. So it's interesting to look at that particular world yeah. event and say wow that's kind of fucked it really just comes down to rich people being rich and doing dumb shit to just keep being rich yeah oh, as yep. usual yep yeah. yep yep well hell man that's some interesting shit to me yeah it's cool uh thanks for checking the podcast out again november 12th come see us live doing pro wrestling check out beardbonus.com promo code dmd 20 20% off gurglinggory.com promo code gurglingdicks 10% off Patreon.com backslash Death Metal Detectives if you really want to support us. We had a guy send me a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. It's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate our all of our listeners, especially our patrons. Uh, we got a new episode we're uploading, hopefully, today-ish. And you get a new episode every other week. It might start being every week since we're going to have stuff. Who knows? Hopefully. We love you. Thanks hey, for the support. Daddy-o. Bye.